Thank you. This is fucking fun. How about this, Mega Room?
next up, next. Don't miss out. Give it up for war, Bicep people. Bicep March, Bicep March. Coming up next, Jay and all the gang, learning from each other while they do their thing. Then pins of light, DJ Sasquatch Garage, and the bar is open, nobody's drinking nearly enough. All right, that was the first band. We're going to stop the recording. We'll be back, everybody, with more cool stuff from the makeout room tonight. Live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Wow! 
<laughs> We're starting it out with feedback. Does anybody want to say anything? Anybody have any feedback for me? Anybody? No? Good. Got the peanut gallery over here. Yeah! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yay! That is an appropriate amount of clapping. You guys are cool. I like you. It's good. You're in for it. It's going to be a great night. I'm very excited. Uh, it's actually going to be an insane 25 hours of comedy coming to you over the next five days. What? Are you going to lose your mind? If you're listening on the radio, everything will be okay. Uh, so, well, so everything is being podcast and streaming live. So that's all wonderful that will be happening. And uh, we have so many comedians, 37 comedians from all over the United States. But right now... <laughs> it's uh, the locals only show so it's people who live here in San Francisco or have lived here in the past we actually have returning comedian Kevin Monroe he lived here for many years he's back yay uh, I'm your host Pam Benjamin I don't know I don't know how to oh this is so sweet Jen Arrows yeah uh, we'll 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 do uh, we'll do thank yous at the beginning why not we have all our amazing mutiny volunteers all week that are helping us out we got jen at the door we got george g smith behind the boards hell yeah uh so it's gonna be a great week and we're gonna have a really great time uh, i'll tell you guys a few jokes uh yeah you do, those are those are weed treats they have lots of marijuana in them that's how i bribe people to being my friends is that everybody else does that no one else super stoner you guys super stoners? You do not look like stoners. You guys look like, you look like closet stoners. You look like, you like, I wouldn't tell anybody that I, I'm a smart person. I don't smoke marijuana. No, it's fine. I'm, I, have you ever, see, I know you're not a stoner because I, I've smoked so much weed that I've forgotten how my own shower works. Has anyone done that? I've lived in my house for seven years now and I forgot how my shower worked because I was so high. It's like being a guest in your own home. It's like, it's like airbnb yourself. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this works. I'm burning up cold. Why? Live there. My cat's like, dude, how do you not know how to do this? I'm like, why are you talking to me? Do you smoke that much weed? You don't? I didn't think so. It's cool. This is not a weed show. This is a local show. But yay, we're sponsored by Spark. And weed is legal. This is, <laughs> I'm just so excited about marijuana. It's like marijuana church up in here. There's two things I believe in. One, smoking marijuana all the time, and two, the equality of women. Anybody? Yeah! Both of those things, pretty fucking awesome. I believe in equality uh, in a new special way, in that uh, I watch a lot of PG-13 movies from you know the 90s on, and we all know that we get to see side boob, right? No nip, lots of 180% side boob, no nip. PG-13, totally fine, right? So what I'm saying is I'd like some equality in filmmaking, and I wanna see some side scrote, okay? So what I want is like your balls are cupped and your dick is hard, so all you see is that weird fleshy part in between, sometimes hairy, sometimes not. I feel like it's gonna be great for like older actors because they can really show off their scrote. You know, like um, there's gonna be a cool Martin Scorsese film or like maybe a Francis Ford Coppola film, is he still alive? I don't know, it's like, it'll be like, it'll be like the Godfather. It'll be Nick Cage as the Godfather. He'll be coming out of a pool and his balls will be dipped in the water and his dick will be outside like off the steps and we'll see this beautiful like stained glass window through his scrote, you know, with like the veins. Nobody wants to see this beautiful shot. This is equality, everyone. Side boobs, just fine, but side scrote, no. What's wrong with you people? 
This is San Francisco. This is a scrote friendly place. <laughs> it's not scrote friendly anymore. Man, I've seen so much silver, so much piercing on so many scrotes. I have a theory. I have a theory that the size of your dick is inversely proportionate to the amount of piercings in it. Is this just a San Francisco theory that no one else is working off of? It's just hey, we're gonna take a poll. It's local. Uh, knock knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door things. Precept of feminism, I think. I don't read. I don't know what feminism is. Come on. I'm kidding. I do read. I'm a th- I I was taught to read. I'm a real woman. Oh wait, that's the bad th- sorry, no, sorry. I don't I shouldn't read. I don't think. I know. Bad, bad lady. Get back in the kitchen. I love making pot treats. Did I already say that they're so delicious? I just being high all the time just helps me forget all the misogyny that's rampant in my social social society circles world. San Francisco, equal place. We're going to get started right now with your first comedian. He is a San Francisco local. He's an amazing human being. He's actually the founder of the F-bomb comedy train. <gasps> toot, toot, ow, beep, beep. There's no beeping, but he's amazing. Put your hands together right now, everybody, for Marty Cunney. All right, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We are starting it off right. All right. Let me tell you about myself. I'm a traveling man. I actually just flew back from Columbia, and boy, is my nose tired. Ah. Seriously, they really like cocaine down there. Um, it's no joke. A lot of people don't believe me that uh, it was actually the first time I'd ever tried cocaine was in Columbia. Uh, yeah. You're really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> No, most people don't believe me because most people are trying to buy it off of me most of the time. Uh, I just have that certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, Tuesday night at uh, 6 p.m. Oh, yeah, he's probably got an eight ball on him. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's probably dealing right now. Uh, No, but I I don't know. The first time I tried it, I had been drinking all day, and I was like, you know, when in Rome, you do some blow, right? Like, that's, that's how the saying goes. That's what they say. And so I thought to my, I was like, all right. Let's throw down. The guy guy puts out a line for me. I do the line, and then all of a sudden I'm sober. Um, what kind of bullshit drug is this? I was enjoying that drunk cocaine. I spent a long time. I spent eight hours and like eighty dollars on that drunk. Spent eight, another eighty dollars in five seconds getting sober, and now I'm just pissed off at four a.m. Wanted to talk to people about the intricacies of independent wrestling, like <laughs> reciting entire episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nobody wants to hear that shit. That's a Wednesday night for free activity. That's not a Sunday morning $160 activity, okay? No. Nah, fuck that shit. Uh, I, th- I did enjoy Columbia, though. There was a lot of learn down there about the cultural barrier, about the langu- language barrier. Uh, for example, I went to order some black beans, and I said, uh, did anyone here speak Spanish? Do we have any? S- habla, habla. St- yeah, no soy. Uh, <laughs> I do not speak Spanish. So everything was a struggle with Google Translate, and just, uh, I went to order black beans. I said, uh, quiero uh, frijoles N-words. Um, <laughs> Well, if you don't habla espanol, the word, is, word for black beans is frijole negros, okay? And so I just was so blocked up, I couldn't even say it. Uh, 
I went to go uh, to buy a wife beater, and I put that into Google Translate, and I asked the lady at the store for, uh, ¿Dónde está los esposas batadores? Uh, now, if, again, if you don't speak Spanish, I asked her, where are your domestic abusers? Uh, when you think about it, that's exactly what I was asking her. That is a weird thing we do, guys. We named a piece of clothing after, like, the worst stereotype we could think of of somebody who wears it, right? The wife beater. Like, can you... You just think about it. Like, we call it a wife beater. Like, everyone else in every other country calls it, like, a ribbed tank top. And uh, I didn't realize how weird it was until I asked that question. And so I was like, you know what? Let's keep this train rolling. Let's name some more pieces of clothing after crazy stereotypes of the people wearing them, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Let's think. Instead of Capri pants, we'll just call them Euro tourists. Yeah? Uh, instead of Birkenstocks, we'll just call them old lesbians. Uh Instead of wrist sleeves, we'll call them scar hiders. Uh, ugh. <laughs> uh, instead of Crocs, we'll call them serial virgins. Uh, instead of, uh, I don't know, bolo ties, we'll call them outspoken racists. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I, just can't, I never seen them like, yep, that's what we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's a, uh, you nailed it right on the head, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Hey, guys, have you heard the news? Uh, the news about the Jews. Um, it was in Facebook. Uh, Facebook was in the news recently for, it was right after the Charlottesville protests. There was a thing where when you advertise on Facebook, like, you get to pick from a drop-down menu of who you want to advertise to. Like, if you want to advertise hiking shoes, you pick from outdoors people, right? Uh, except one of the options on this drop-down menu uh, was Jew haters for a little while. And I'm not joking. This is a real news story. You can look it up. You could actually directly advertise to Jew haters. Uh, and Facebook was claiming, like, oh, it was a problem with our algorithm or something like that. But it made a lot of sense to me, right? Because I couldn't figure out why I was getting so many advertisements for Tiki Torches and Eddie Bauer in my news feed. Uh, I'm kidding, guys. I don't hate the Jews. I actually, I play the Jewish piano. Uh, I'm an accountant. Uh... <laughs> Terrible industry to hate the Jews in, guys. Come on. Some more Jew news. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when uh, and when Orthodox Jews do the the circumcision, it's called the bris, right? And so what they do, uh, the the really Orthodox ones, like out in New York, when they make the incision, the rabbi uses his mouth to close off the wound. Uh, yeah, that's pretty weird, right? Uh, what's even weirder is, and worse, is that a lot of these rabbis are actually giving these infants herpes when they do this. Yeah, this is a true story, again. Uh, and it's really bad because some of them will actually die from this uh, or get brain damage, like really bad stuff. And even if they survive, they have to grow up and explain to people how they got herpes. Uh, I don't know, it's cool. I got it from my rabbi. Uh, ugh. <laughs> ugh. It's kosher, yeah. That's why they do it through the sheets, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know this shit. No, man, but what do they get when they get to the bar mitzvah, right? HIV? I don't know. AIDS. Got me thinking, though, about the bar mitzvah. It's just, it's just coming of age ceremonies in general, right? That, they're fucking weird. Uh, like for a bar mitzvah, right? You take a 13-year-old boy, 
uh, at his most pimply faced, his most crackly voice, his most vulnerable, and you put him in a suit and you give him a glass of wine for confidence and you put him in front of a synagogue full of people and have him sing in a language he doesn't know. Like, that is just tearing him down. That is some cruel shit, right? But it's not as weird as the quinceanera, right? Am I right? The quinceanera is a weird ceremony. It's basically where you take a 15-year-old Latina girl and you tell everyone, you put her in like a wedding dress and you tell everyone, she's a woman now. She's ready. Uh, You wonder about these teenage pregnancy rates and uh, then you're doing this shit at the same time, guys. Come on. But while the Latinos are having like a come see how fuckable my daughter is party, the Jews are having a come see how unfuckable my son is party. Just very different, very different cultures. I don't know. Um, what else? Do I, what else am I thinking? Hey, you guys like dad jokes? Anybody fan, here fans of dad jokes? Yeah, I'll, let me lay a, let me lay one on you real quick. Uh, when I die, I hope I'm not buried in a sarc. Uh, let me start over. When I die, I hope I'm not buried in a coffin. I feel like I'm more of a sarcophagi. I probably shouldn't be telling dad jokes, though, ever since my doctor told me that I'm sterile. Uh, No dad jokes for me. Uh, I'm kidding, guys. I'm not sterile. I've had like six vasectomies. None of them have taken. I've been the cause of several unwanted abortions. Um, All right, let's end on a high note. Um, <laughs> you guys, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Me Too movement. I think it's a good thing, although I think it's kind of uh, redundant. Uh, we've been doing, we've been hearing about all this stuff for a long time. It's just only recently that's been getting like popularized. Like, I don't know. Courtney Love was blowing the whistle on these guys for a long time, I've, ten years over. And uh, well, I get why we didn't listen to her though. Uh, her credibility got blown away about the time her husband did. Uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, That's my time, guys. Thanks a lot. Bring up your host, Pam. I wish some people from Seattle were here for that wonderful joke. Poor. He was murdered by his wife. Yay! Beauty Radio Comedy Festival. True. That was Marty Cunney. He also plays rugby. You can tell by his his jacket. (laughs) It's exciting. No, I I was thinking today actually that we should start a YouTube thing called Ruck and Marty. Where we get on we go on adventures together in San Francisco that are just like stupid. Rick and Morty, except Ruck and Marty. So I'm like a drunk old lady. I'm a drunk old lady and you're like a young fun guy who's like going around San Francisco. Right? (laughs) No? Buff ass Morty, see, I know more people are having the thoughts in their heads. See, it's in the gestalt, Marty Cunny. The future is now. Your next comedian, she is the future, you guys. She's part of True Hustle, not True Hustle, hashtag hella funny. I'm sorry, they both start with a T. I'm so confused. <sighs> hella funny, there's no, there's no, there's no T's in that at all. Sorry. There's a T and a hashtag. I don't do Instagram. I don't know what that is. Twitter is totally foreign to me. I am 43 years old. Your next comedian, she gets it. You're going to love her. Put your hands together for Allison Hooker. Fuck yeah, keep it going for Pam. Keep it going for this awesome festival we're part of. Round of applause for yourselves coming out and supporting live comedy. Fuck yes. I'm excited to be here. 
I had a really shitty day, uh, and now I'm, I know that there's worse in the Catholic Church out there. That's, wow. No, but I, I, went to, uh, I went to the doctor today. Does anyone else get really stuck on that question, how many drinks per week? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a tough one because you don't want to lie too much. <laughs> you know, you want to check your liver. Uh, what, are you going to be honest? It's your doctor, not your lawyer, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of like a comedy club. I'm a two-drink minimum a night. It goes up from there. So I was like, I'm going to go with two drinks a night. Like, that's reasonable, right? So I was like, I have two drinks a night, 14 a week. She goes, that's too much. You're nodding. I was surprised. You think that's too much? Oh, you've shared that? <laughs> well, get this. You haven't been there. Because this is what the bitch told me. She goes, men can have two drinks. Women can only have one. Uh, I'll, I'll give her your number. I was fucking livid, though. I was like, bitch, we are literally in the middle of hashtag me too. Like, whose fucking team are you on? She's like, if you need help with your drinking problem, I help a lot of my patients. I was like, okay, lady, look. Um, I came here for drugs. <laughs> Not rehab. Also, you guys, I don't think she's helping anyone with their drinking problem. I think she's just helping people lie to doctors. <laughs> you know, because like the next time I go to her, I'm definitely gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, I have seven drinks a week. I'm no dumbass, she gave me the answer. <laughs> Actually, fuck that. I'm not going back to that doctor. Because I want to see a doctor I can see eye to eye with. You know, I'll give her your number. I want a doctor that will look at my 14 and be like, that's not enough! <laughs> She asked me another impossible question to answer. What was the first day of your last period? Yeah, ladies, quick round of applause if anyone else is completely fucking stumped every time a doctor asks this. All the women in the room, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with our bodies, actually, <laughs> at all. Like, every single month, our entire world just crumbles, and we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> just solemn nods around the room. Like, I'll get on the phone with a friend of mine. Like, I just don't know what's going on with me. I don't like my job anymore. This guy that I'm dating seems really distant. Like, I just haven't been happy lately. Like, this shit is deep. <laughs> and then three days later, oh. <laughs> but, but imagine getting stumped by this, like, by anything else that happens every single month, you know? Rent is due. You get on the phone with your landlord. You're asking me for rent again? <laughs> like, it feels like I just paid rent. <laughs> and you're not even asking me nicely. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and my room is really small. <laughs> I'm 33. Why is my room so small? <laughs> I like how the men can understand the disintegration more than women. It's how we feel, though. It's how we feel, ladies. Um, so yeah, anyways, I went to the doctor. Uh, she went to give me a pap smear. It's mostly men in here. I'll just fill you guys in what we go through. Um, when we go to the doctor, they stick a speculum inside of us, and they click it open twice, and they swab the inside of our vagina. Now, you look a little scared, but I know there's a couple of guys in here that are like, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> I wish I'd go to the doctor and stick my dick in something. <laughs> but it's not like fun, you know? It's whatever. It, there's no like rotating head or bunny ears. It's just, <laughs> it's cold. 
Like the equivalent for a man would probably be sticking your flaccid penis in a cooler and having someone scratch it. Like that's, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. So anyways, you guys, she goes uh, to give me a pap smear. And I think because I have like a small frame, she assumed like all of me was small, if you catch my drift mutiny. Uh, <laughs> so she goes, I am going to use my smallest speculum. Any smaller would be pediatric. I hear a couple laughs, but I just thought that was fucking weird. Um, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, I'm not going to make any jokes. I'm going to leave it to Roy Moore. Um, so, hey. So she takes her smallest speculum, you know. <laughs> she goes to stick it in. She goes, squee! I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> slides right in, you guys. No problems there. <laughs> no problems at all. She goes for the classic click, click. She goes, click, click, click. Click, 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 I know. What I'm trying to say, I think, is that the hallway doesn't always fit the building. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know where my organs fit either, you know? This is just vagina and backbone. Loosening you guys up. It's okay. It's comedy. Fuck it, you guys. I'm proud of my big vagina. You know what I did? I wrote a song about it today on my way over. Can I share it with you? All right, goes. I can take that dick. Click, 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 click. That's fucking ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Thank you. Anyways, my name's Allison Hooker, by the way. Just my name. Was born with it. Not a stage name. You guys can imagine that was fun, you know, all my life. Like in junior high, when I had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes. <laughs> so it just said, a hooker. Just <laughs> down the leg of my pants, <laughs> across my chest. Thank you. It took me a little longer to find the funny in it. What's that? Johnson. You're a Johnson. <laughs> we should get married and hyphenate, you know? <laughs> But I was cruising around with this A hooker shirt on. Everyone was teasing me. It was junior high. Eighth grade boys in my class. I'm in sixth grade. It was a whole thing, you know. So my gym teacher finally gave me new clothes. She's like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. <laughs> so I wrote the hooker. <laughs> Are you guys kidding me? I was loving that sexual attention. Junior high, I was cruising around in my hooker shirt wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Now I'm cruising around wearing a padded bra to support the nipples that have come in. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm waiting. <laughs> I kind of like smacked my titties on a guy's face the other night. It's not even the joke yet, though. Uh, <laughs> he broke his nose on my chest bone. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's fine, though. He's, uh, he's actually Syrian, so he's got quite a nose in my defense. It's true. My boyfriend's Syrian. Actually, he learned how to write in Arabic first, so we met when he swiped the wrong way on Tinder. Okay, you like the language jokes? Pretty fucking cheesy, you guys. Pretty dumb. Yeah, he's Syrian. Actually, my, uh, my birthday was election night, so Trump was elected, and I was like, what's happening? Oh my God, baby, we are moving. And I looked at him, and he's from Syria, so we stayed. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> that was that. What else can I say about that? Uh, he grew up in Santa Cruz, actually. His dad owns a Mexican restaurant down in Santa Cruz. His dad is a Syrian man who owns a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, it's like the first time I had a burrito, I was like, a mm, little too much saffron. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the white people don't get it either. They like cruise in there, like practice their Spanish one on all the Syrians, because they don't know the difference between a brown person. So it's pretty classic. Uh, what else I want to talk about? My Syrian boyfriend picked the movie last night. It's cold outside. You know, we watched a movie, uh, so we watched a porn, which is fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'm no conservative. I'm no Mike Pence. I think you know that by now. <laughs> uh, but I have a little trouble getting on board with porn, you know, because there's no good backstory. There's no buildup. Like, they're just going straight to pound town. And I need a little bit more romance than that. So this is what I did. I paused it, and I gave him the backstory. <laughs> I was like, look, he wasn't always a pool boy. And she didn't always have those tits. And I don't have time to get into like the details of it right now, you guys, but I gave him the most epic love story. Like they'd known each other for years. They built deep love and respect for each other. And after all this time, they're finally ready for anal. Okay, go ahead, push play. <laughs> then I could get into it a little bit more, you know? Then I get on. I mean, there were a few other parts I had to like pause it and explain, give him a little more backstory, like why is he calling your stepsister? You know, they're just other parts. <laughs> like if he loves her so much, why is he spitting on her? There were just other things. <laughs> Who the fuck is this other guy? <laughs> it took us a little while to get through the movie. I'm not gonna lie. We didn't we didn't even have sex, we just fell asleep. Um, <laughs> great story though. It was a good good love story. Uh, how much time do I have? One minute? Oh, what do I do with one minute? <laughs> Listen, dickhead. No. Are you a comic? Oh, I'm sure we could give you a couple minutes up here, though. You know, you know what a couple minutes feels like? Or one? Like how long it takes you to come? <laughs> yeah, one minute, like how long it takes you to come? We could give you that amount of time. No, 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 but the thing is, the thing is about comedy, though, is like, it's a lot like sex, because when you're doing it, it feels like so much longer. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have been amazing, thank you so much. Go check her out. She's at Cobbs all the time on Hella Funny. Super awesome. Yay. People are arriving. Yay. Exciting stuff. Woo. Your next comedian. What What an amazing human being he is. He is. I saw you go in the bathroom with a disco light and it like danced off your hair in such a beautiful way. I was like, I want to make a video of him in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> that sounds weird. I didn't mean to. That, that comes across wrong. Uh, but he's an amazing human being. You guys are going to love him so much. Put your hands together for amazing local comedian, Clay Newman. I just want to set the record straight. I was not pooping in there. I was not pooping in there. I just could not not dance. It just had to happen. I will say... I did pee everywhere. Like, that's not good for dancing. It's not like, it's not a good, <laughs> you, like you cross streams with the disco hands. It's no good. It's like I've peed everywhere. Um, this is beauty radio, goddammit. This is, this is where you pee everywhere. This is, 
If this place didn't smell like pee, it wouldn't be Mutiny Radio. I want one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the greatest shows I've seen in my comedy career was at Mutiny Radio. It was a show where the comics wore diapers. <laughs> Pam, in all of her brilliance, put a challenge to comedians. You get all the beer you want, but you're not allowed to use the bathroom. And you gotta wear a diaper. And we gotta see that diaper. And because we have made the poor decision to buy very elderly diapers, they're gonna leak, <laughs> which is a fun factor. I got to hear one of the greatest statements I've ever heard at a comedy show. It came from you, Jonathan. It came from you, sir. Uh, Jonathan exclaimed with more passion than I've ever heard at a comedy show. Uh, upon, and here's the back, the backstory to this. Uh, Jonathan witnessed a comic and just this, do this disgraceful thing, which is not pee his pants. Uh, during this comedy show, uh, this was a comic who has been on Conan O'Brien. Uh, he's been on Last Comic Standing. Very few of us make it out of San Francisco with credits. He was one of them. And Jonathan, in all of his wisdom, exclaimed, I don't give a fuck what show he was on. You're supposed to pee. <laughs> and that's Mutiny Radio. That's, that's where we're at. That's what we're keeping alive is that goddamn honor. The tradition of Mutiny Radio. It's a beautiful thing. I'm happy to take part of it. I think it's fitting that Mutiny Radio is in this neighborhood because, like, nowhere else is this neighbor. Like, where else in the world do you find the financial diversity of the outskirts of the mission? It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's nowhere else has that level of rich and poor mingling together. On one block, on one block, you could be walking down the street and you could have this conversation with yourself. The fuck? Is that a gold-rimmed Segway? God damn it, tech industry. A gold-rimmed Segway? How insulting do you have to be to the rest of San Are you pooping and shooting heroin? <laughs> one block. But they're both like, fuck Trump, right? So it's all good. It's all good. We're all friends. People say there's not a lot of political diversity out here. That's not true. That's not true at all. I heard a conversation between friends earlier today. I heard one guy exclaiming, and this is a popular argument in San Francisco. You've heard this before. This isn't diverse. Republicans are so stupid. I can't believe how stupid Republicans are. Republicans are so stupid. We're going to die because of how stupid Republicans are. And his friends stopped him, and this is why I like how diverse the Bay Area is. His friends stopped him, and he said, look, man, you don't understand. Republicans aren't stupid, okay? That is ignorant to think that Republicans are stupid. Republicans are not stupid. Republicans are evil. So, yeah, we got the full spectrum of ideas out here. It's really nice. We got all the beliefs, uh, all the ones that matter. Uh, it's one or the other. It can't be both. You can't be evil and stupid. I believe that thoroughly. I believe that thoroughly. Like, the people that are controlling Donald Trump's presidency are evil. Donald Trump is clearly stupid. <laughs> clearly stupid. There's, and I can prove it. None of you would watch a James Bond movie if Donald Trump was the villain. It would never happen. 
He's not evil enough. He's too stupid. Same goes for fucking W. There's no way. If George W. Bush was a vote, what's it going to do? Just like massage him? Like, yeah, here you go, Jimmy Bond. Like, <laughs> Donald Trump, that's not going to be a fun speech. Like, James Bond is tied down. There's a laser slowly heading towards his crotch. Donald Trump says, I don't know, I'm not allowed to speak about lasers, but, oh, that was Woody Allen. I don't know why I did Woody Allen. You ever not practice an accent and then you do Woody Allen accidentally? I'm trying to be relatable up here. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, all right, we'll just move on to other stuff. Uh, so, like, I know it's wrong to drink in the shower and whatever. Um, it's not wrong. I feel like you're not the best judge of, like... <laughs> I don't want to go back to the pee show incident, but like, let's let's because like, but I don't think society has decided it's wrong to drink in the shower. Like, even if you're trying to be classy about, it, you can't bring a, a like a tumbler in there; it's gonna get wet. Like, you can't. There's no like sippy cup top for a wine glass. It doesn't happen. Like, there's no classy way to drink in the shower. But you're allowed to drink while you're pooping, right? <laughs> you said that way too confidently. Oh, maybe you got the same advice as me. Maybe a doctor told you to relax. I don't know how else to do it. I don't want hemorrhoids anymore. I got to do whatever I can. I'm not going to smoke a spliff while I'm shitting. I get too high. I don't remember which is the smoking hand, which is the wiping hand. That's a problem. It's how you get pink eye. It is crazy to be out here in the Bay Area to live in this time with all of this technological advancements. Cars are driving themselves. Millionaires are launching Pintos into space or whatever the fuck that was all about. <laughs> but do you realize we're skipping the important stuff? We're missing the things that society actually needs. Have you ever taken a minute to think about the fact that nobody has even tried to invent a bed that you could pee into? Was nobody, I thought we'd start a rally right now. I thought that would be the end of the comedy show and we would take to the streets marching. It is cold at night. You're telling me you'd rather walk to the bathroom. Turn on the lights. You're not a ninja. You can't hit that fucking toilet water without the lights. Maybe you're a lady. Maybe you're going to sit down. Is it warm? That's not a good thing. You can't afford a toilet warmer. You have roommates. That's a bad thing if it's warm. You do your business. You walk back to bed. Do you fall calmly back to sleep? No, that's not how the human brain works. You're telling me you wouldn't rather just roll over and fucking let it happen? I'm not saying we poop in there. We're not animals. And I don't even, I'm not even talking about technology, really. Like, I just want a hole and a bucket and some air freshener. That's all I'm asking for. A funnel for the ladies. I don't know how vaginas work. I don't know if a funnel would help. I feel like we're all pretty good people in this room. I think I'm a good person. I think you're all good people. I hope you think you're a good person. But ask yourself deep down, is any of us in this room a good enough person to not poop in the handicap stall? If it's available, 
That is the chuckle of somebody that always takes the leg room. That guy knows what I, are you kidding me? Fuck yeah, handicap stall. You get the leg room, you fucking prop your phone up against the bar and you get to watch a little YouTube video while you're, it's great. But every once in a while, and I hope it never happens to you, but every once in a while, while you're enjoying that extra leg room, while you're watching a video of how to cook deep fried asparagus on your phone, I know what you're into. Every once in a while, you hear that mechanical noise and the door swings open. You peer under the stall and wheels come in. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's not Stephen Hawking. That would be great. I'm not saying you ask for an autograph necessarily. Like, and that's even more rude if you just yell, Stephen Hawking? I was just worried about clamming up. Your hands get all sweaty. You can't fucking palm a piece of toilet paper. You know it's going to be one of those endless wipers. Somebody's on the other side of the stall going, I hope he doesn't ask if I'm Stephen Hawking. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, you made that joke better than it's ever been before. Thanks, John. And uh, coming through twice in one set. <laughs> Comics. Look to Jonathan. <laughs> He's got the answers. This is the fountain of youth right here. It's beautiful. All right, you, you did enough. Don't force it. Don't force it. Let it come. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't get greedy, Jonathan. Uh, this is what happened with Bitcoin. This is Bitcoin all over again. You just got greedy. You're like, this worked once. <laughs> I don't know what Bitcoin is. That joke doesn't go any further. Uh, that's the thing. That's where improv people beat stand-up comedians. Is improv people know better than to start a topic that they have no knowledge on. Uh, stand-up comedians just shout words that we've heard regularly and hope that it gets a response, and then flounder when it does. Uh, that was very upsetting. Um, <laughs> well, this is a goddamn delight. I really appreciate you guys hanging out here. Uh, I hope those of you who are audience members realize how important of a part of the process you are. Like... You're so necessary to this. Do you realize there's no band practice for us? We don't just get to say this shit in the shower and hope that it works out. Like, we need you guys. We need you here. You're important, man. Yeah, honest to God. Do you realize if none of you are here right now, this would just be schizophrenia? This will just be another problem in the mission. <laughs> it's like that old saying, if a comic tells a joke in the woods and no one is around to hear it, did I get too fucked up on that camping trip? <laughs> I'm talking to trees again, I may have. But I like to think, as far as myself goes, that someday, maybe, y'all will be watching Comedy Central and I don't know, what if you think of the time you saw me here and you say to yourselves, <laughs> that Clay Newman guy. I wonder if he's watching Comedy Central too. <laughs> Someday, yo!
the only comic who's been here for all three Muni Radio Comedy Festivals. Yay! He's my favorite. You can still listen to old versions of Clay and Tony's spoiler alert, and they're still fresh. You can still listen to Trapped in the Closet with them. It's so fresh. It is, it's always fresh. There's peeing in that too, right, R. Kelly? We got it full circle. All right, your next comedian. He used to live in San Francisco. He moved to L.A., but he's back. He started the brainwash, and he's here with us. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Kevin Monroe. Yeah, all right, uh, man, y'all, y'all kind of classy this joint up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, nobody is drinking openly, there's no edibles, like, <laughs> damn, I leave for a minute. <laughs> By the way, if you notice, I took all my shit and brought it out of my car. I took all my shit out of my car and brought it over there. Because three months ago, I did a show at the Punchline, and they broke into my car and stole my clothes. <laughs> yeah, not, not my laptop. Right, not my phone, not my camera, my clothes. And I'm like, I'm six foot six, you dumb motherfucker. Good luck <laughs> wearing them pants. <laughs> Fucking idiots. If you see a tall ass dude wearing some, um, some pants, just punch him in the face for me, okay? Just do that. It's, pr- it's probably my pants, it's probably my pants. Now, I was gonna put my contacts in when I got here, but uh, the light in the bathroom. <laughs> What's that disco shit going on in there? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to have a party when I'm taking a shit. Why? What the fuck is? Like, who sits down going, you know what would make this even better? Put on some Barry White, please. Like, what the fuck? So I was like, ah, fuck, I'll do it. My 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 glasses on. Ah, uh, no, this is this is cool, man. Uh, once again, by the way, uh, I literally I just flew in. I literally just flew in. Just got off of SFO. I can literally drive from LA to San Francisco faster than flying to SFO. <laughs> Seriously, five and a half hours on the freeway, eight hours in the airport. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Serious? Like, how is this technology working? Like, this is this is this is anti-technology. Like, this is backwards. It's backwards shit. You coming in or you staying out? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Just creeping. Okay, that's all that is. Yeah, I used to live here in the the Bay. I'm I'm in LA now, man, and I'm out there trying to, (sighs) trying to date, trying to meet people, man. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is, uh, I don't don't send dick pics. I, I really don't, I don't. I don't, because not everybody's phone got unlimited data. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, damn, you fucked up my program, man. <laughs> it's an extra $30. No, I'm no it, it's, it's, I, I haven't been out there in a minute, so I thought I'd try it out. You, I, you know what, it's weird, like, not just black women, but all kinds of women like do fake hair, like f- hair extensions. They do like, like, like it's not a black thing anymore. It's like, like blonde women, everybody is doing the hair extensions. You know, everybody come out the car looking like Pocahontas. And I'm like, how, do, how is it you can have fake hair, but I can't show up on a date with a fake mustache? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, why can't I wear a fake mustache? You know, look, 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 you're not Beyonce. I'm not Idris Elba. Okay, we're all pretending fucking just... Why not? <laughs> There's no reason. But, you know, that did kill a date, so... <laughs> that didn't work. Have a seat, sir. Have a seat. Where you coming from, sir? Good. That's a good place. <laughs> man, this is cool. Nah, man. Uh, LA, LA is, a, is a weird, weird spot, man. Uh, LA has black people, which is something the Bay Area doesn't have anymore. Yo, there's no black people here, man. There's like, like I mean, there's like five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but LA has like Compton, has like Inglewood, like black, like black people. There's hella. It's like real, like, you could be a black person in L.A. and stay in black world, you know, and, like, never, never talk to a white person ever. You could, <laughs> you know what I mean? You could walk around and be like, Wakanda forever, you know? <laughs> this shit is great, man. And I was like, oh, I started dating these, uh, these black women because uh, the Bay Area had me on this, you know, there's too many white women out here. Like, I, I hadn't seen a black pussy since... Boys to Man had four members. <laughs> so, so I have a rule now. You can't date more than three white women in a row because if you do that, you're institutionalized. You're institutionalized. It's like, it's like that dude that goes to prison and he comes out, he doesn't know what to do, so he just robs a liquor store. <laughs> Put me back in, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, you institutionalize, man. Uh, this this one girl, she hit me on a uh, on my dating app. She, her name is Tsunami, spelled S U N A M I. Tsunami, Tsunami. I'm like, this chick sounds like a mess. <laughs> like she's gonna show, hello, I'm Tsunami. <laughs> I'll have the cabernet. <laughs> I'm saying like she sounds like a mess, but you know. Hey, I'll I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I'm a natural disaster that can't spell. <laughs> I'm here to rock your world. Nah, I don't. I don't. I, I'll deal with her. I'll deal with her, man. But I mean, you know, it's it's, it's been a while, man. I mean, black women were not feeling me in the early 2000s, man. I missed that whole juvenile back that ass up era of black women. Like that was. <laughs> I missed that. Now now it's okay. You know, but but back then, I mean, it's cool now, but back then, black women, they were kind of like, they were like the NBA, you know what I'm saying? Like they, like they didn't draft me, but they were mad I was playing in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and Israel. <laughs> but that was summer league. That don't count. That don't count. My boy hit me up on Twitter. Hey, yo, dog, you got to check this shit out, man. He sent me this picture. And it, it's like... Oh shit, this is just a girl in some yoga pants bent over. Why are you sending me this? He's like, no, that's not a girl. That's a sex robot, dog. That's a sex robot. That's not a person. That's a sex robot. I'm like, what? Why are you? It's like, nah, this is real, dude. You could buy a sex robot. I'm like, I don't know if I want a sex robot, man. Because look, I have an ex that was a stalker, okay? I don't want a robot stalker ex, okay? <laughs> Has nobody seen Terminator? <laughs> they follow you to the ends of the fucking earth, man. <laughs> I'll be back <laughs> to ask you why you did not call me. <laughs> not fucking with that, man. 
He's like, oh, no, no, you understand, it's a sex robot. I'm like, look, man, any robot is a sex robot. If you try hard enough. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know what your Roomba looks like, but <laughs> drink a little Hennessy, like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm gonna just put some crumbs. <laughs> you know, like, why are you paying extra? Just, just get a regular robot and fuck it. That's. Uh, Kevin Morrow does not endorse fucking robots. <laughs> My publicist made me say that. You know, and it's, it's, he's like, dog, for real though, it's dope though. It's $2,000. 2500 for the black one. I'm like, look, look, I don't, I don't have $2,000. <laughs> I can't afford a sex robot. How about, I'll be like, hey, yo, uh, y'all got a, a, a sex washcloth? <laughs> a sex gym sock. That's, that's my budget right there. <laughs> sex gym sock. You got to <laughs> have the dudes in the back like, oh, what's this website? <laughs> what's a website for sex? Nah, man, I, I miss I miss the Bay, man. I went to uh, when I when I came uh, from the Caribbean, but I'm from the Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, you don't know where it is. It's okay. You know, no, you don't. It's like, you know, Americans are. I know where I know what Trinidad is. Go to Africa, make a left. By the way, there were no there were no Trinidadians in the Winter Olympics. None. No. W- we live on the equator, okay? Like, why would we? But I'll tell you what, though, with this global warming shit, in 2082, motherfucker? 2082, Trinidad is gonna kill the Winter Olympics, son. <laughs> shit, we are gonna run on gravel like a motherfucker. All the Swedes are like, why is it so hot? Why? That's a German accent, pretend to be a Swedish accent. I don't give a fuck, there's no Norwegians here, so. Are there? Are there any? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, nanny, she don't count. No, no. But I hate that, man. Like, that's the only time, like, when I was in Oakland, like, people were like, where are you from, Trinidad? Is that in Africa? I'm like, no, it's, it's a Caribbean country. So it's a Caribbean country in Africa? Like, okay, fine, fuck it, it's in Africa, I give up. What do you want? Uh, you know, like, doing the Olympics, that's the only time y'all care about us, man. Like, y'all watch, you know, somewhere between Taiwan and Tunisia is my little country. There's three people, right? One guy's there. He's, like, holding the flag. <laughs> the other guy's my Uncle Roy. <laughs> like, nigga, you 55 years old. Why are you still in the Olympics? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Americans, man, y'all, y'all are bullies, man. Y'all... Y'all fuck with third world, co- y'all play third world countries. Why are you playing, like, I saw the USA basketball team play Angola. Angola! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like oh, okay, we got, uh, we got LeBron James, uh, we got Steph Curry, we got uh, Tyson Chandler, we got Kevin Durant. <laughs> Why do you think the Angolan basketball team picked their team? Like, they're just in there like, okay. The first 15 men with shoes? Come to the UN hospital? We will drive from Angola. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after the game, they're shaking hands and shit. Like, oh, good game, brother. Good game. Good game, brother. 155 to 3. Good game, brother. Good game.
game. Are you still eating that? It's fucked up, man. I'm like, how you go? I feel like this. Like, if you're in the third world, you should get you should get a gold medal. Fine. If you're from the third world, if you win, you should get a U.S. passport. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's useful to a third world person, man. How you gonna give an African a gold medal? Gold comes from Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like white people stole gold from Africa. How you gonna give an African some shit you stole from him? <laughs> As a prize, like, like <laughs> here you go, Matumbo, gold medal. Well, thank you for returning it. Where is the rest? Wakanda. <laughs> I'll be saying that shit forever, man. I'll be, I'll be going up to Comedy Central, like the producer's room, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're, they're taking it seriously. <laughs> that should be killing me. All right, I got to get out of here, man. Um, uh, what, what, what should I leave you on? Um, here's a black fact. Did you know that a young black male is 10 times more likely to be in a statistic It's true, they keep measuring. Nobody knows what white people do, right? Nobody checks. <laughs> but every year it's like CNN presents a special report, the state of black America. Are their dicks getting bigger? <laughs> Don Lemon investigates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to go, guys. I am Kevin Monroe. You gotta have Cooper, who's the gay guy, the Cooper guy? He's gotta investigate, who's the Cooper guy? Cooper Anderson, right? He's gotta investigate, He's, he wants to get deep. Uh, that, you guys, that was a Locals Only show, that was so exciting, you're all here, yay! Uh, so what's gonna happen is we, everyone will clap one more time for the amazing comedians that you just saw. Marty Allison Hooker, Clay Newman, and Kevin Monroe. These guys just walked in. You guys are welcome to stay for the next show. It's going to start super soon. It's um, And Kevin Monroe, I'm going to ask you if you can be on it because we have an open space and you are a POC. Yeah. Oh, it's a... No, no, not under arrest. We just want you to keep telling jokes. Uh, but our next show coming up in like, now it's like five minutes. We'll let everybody outside and you come all back in and it's going to be amazing. Uh, and thank you so much for being here at the first show, Locals Only. And clap wildly. Yay! Yay! Uh, but stick around for the next show, uh, which is going to come, uh, come up in a few minutes. And it's uh, the politics are funny slash I'm not white. <laughs> so stick around. Yay, Muni Radio. Good evening, my name's Gladys. Uh, gonna try to be a little bit funny. God, it's so hard to remember how. Uh, I moved to a different city recently, and you know, when you do something like that, it can be so hard to meet new people.
But boy, it's easy to meet old people. They're eager to talk. Just right, just right on the bus. That's how I met my grandpa, actually. Uh, during COVID, been up to a lot of writing. Get a lot of writing done. I wrote a prequel to Jaws. No. It's called No Sharks Here. Shark Free Town. I wrote a prequel to The Exorcist. It's called This Girl's Fine. She's normal and shit. I was in line at the bank with my boyfriend. He pointed at some of the tellers. He said, hey, marry, fuck, kill. And I said, uh, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> so I come, I come from one of those big southern families in the south, uh, the deep south, let me tell you. One of those places where they think that like Sprite is good for you because it's clear. <laughs> and they reuse the name Chris a lot in my family. We got like four Chris's. We got little Chris. We got my cousin, big Chris. We have my brother, city Chris. And even though my brother is both taller than Big Chris and has a lower BMI than Little Chris, they call him City Chris because he got caught reading a book in a duck blind. And he never, never lived it down. Hey, a lot of people these days into polyamory. Uh, I don't know much about that life. Uh, I do know, from what I've observed, uh, if you're going to open up your relationship, if you're going to have like an open marriage, it seems like it's going to be a lot like opening up a good bottle of red wine. In that once you do it, once you open it, uh, it's going to last about five days. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm joking. But seriously, they can be so sanctimonious about it. They really believe that it's like not just falling in love with a bunch of people. It's a better way to live. I feel like sometimes they're saying to me, uh, hey, you know, I can have my cake and I can eat it too. And they're also saying, you know, cake eating, it's one of the highest virtues. And I'm a little more enlightened than you because of all the cake that I ate. I also hear him saying to me, hey, can I spend the night at your house? Because they are all mad at me. I, I can't go back to that apartment. I got the cake all over me. Now I need to take a shower. Uh, so I was at the library recently. I saw a sign for adult coloring time. You know about this? You know the coloring's not just for little kids and people that got hit really hard in the head, right? These days it's for adults to do, right out in the open. And this sign, this sign of the library, here's what it said verbatim. It said, adult coloring time. Join us from 1 to 3 p.m. in the upstairs reading room. Or just stop by for however long you like. And that last part really tripped me out. Because like of all the things about adult coloring time, yeah, I know I can leave when I want to. Oh, this isn't the one where you lock the doors. This isn't the one where I have to keep going after my hand cramps up. Yeah, I know. Basically, most signs have that little subtext after it that you, you don't need. You know, like, they don't need to put class meets three times a week. Or never, if that's what you want. Just don't show up. This is a fire exit. Or just stay in the fire, bro. It's your life burned to death in the hallway of this Ramada Inn. Howdy, folks. This is Finch bringing you another episode of Always Free Radio, the podcast and internet streaming radio show that is by, for, and about people that like to participate in rainbow gatherings. This show is brought to you on Mutiny Radio, and you can listen to it every week live on the internet on Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. San Francisco time, that's Pacific time, on mutinyradio.fm. And if you missed the live show, you can also listen to it by downloading it as a podcast 
uh, by looking for the podcast called Always Free. That's A-L-L-W-A-Y-S-F-R-E-E, and it's all one word. You can look for it on wherever you get your podcasts, whatever your provider is. The, uh, the stand-up comedy that you just heard uh, was brought to you by Gladys uh, Emily Downing, and it was performed at the Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering this last summer uh, in 2021. Um, unfortunately, Gladys tragically lost her life a week ago on Tuesday, and the entire community is reeling from this loss. Um, she was an absolute titan, uh, a rainbow superstar. And she was also a stand-up comedian, so we are dedicating this episode to Gladys and Next part of the uh, show that you will hear is her full 30-minute stand-up act uh, at the same Pennsylvania Prism Rainbow Gathering. Uh, Gladys is survived by her twin babies, Gertrude and Elmer, who are going to be raised by their father now and hopefully with a little bit of help from all of us. Um... We also suffered another tragic loss this week. John Buffalo uh, passed away on Monday, May the 2nd. And John was one of our most longtime and most dedicated family. He did Shantasina for decades, and he, he participated in every part of Rainbow, and he will, he will be missed very, very much. Uh, finally, after, uh, after we listen to this next stand-up set, uh, there has been a flurry of Rainbow Gathering-related news uh, in the media recently. Colorado has figured out that the 50th anniversary Rainbow Gathering will be coming their way, and the newspapers are all trying to guess where it'll be, how many people are coming, what the impact will be, and all of us are watching and trying to see how many times the headline will say that we are descending on some mountain town or another. Uh, so enjoy the current event and news download. But first, we hope you will enjoy a few laughs with our favorite rainbow stand-up comedian. We love you, Gladys. This episode's for you. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, good evening. First of all, you guys, thank you so much for letting me practice. Oh my God, it's been like a year, so uh, don't don't expect much, but but this is a golden opportunity for me, and I'm so grateful. Uh, also, I used up all my short jokes the other night. So let's let's just get into it. Uh, my name's Gladys. I did move to New England for the winter time. Uh, I know that's kind of unusual. I know a lot of people up here don't appreciate it. I hear I hear them all the time. They fantasize about moving to Florida or Arizona. Or California and they don't even know I, I mean I, I can tell what they're thinking they're like oh I'm gonna wear flip-flops all the time I can lick a metal pole all year round uh, I'm gonna wear a straw hat like in the Jason Mraz videos but man it's it that kind of thing can turn out with the darkness because okay 
basically when we don't share an objective reality that is the weather can kill you for half the year hippies start thinking all the ideas in their head are right it's terrifying just any idea that pops into their stupid little dreadlock head could be correct you know stuff like vaccines cause autism i should wear a more whimsical hat uh, you know what i should do start a start a chapstick company with weed in it that's what i should do with my entire life basically i'm saying that you need the harsh winter time to press your hippies down man you get out there it starts getting kind of spooky i mean up in vermont it's great even our rednecks like you know your eighth generation vermonter they're they're pretty they're pretty good a they've been to another country they've been to canada B, you know, they just got that out of the gene pool a long time ago. If you couldn't hang out at a party 300 years ago, you had to go outside. And it's negative 30, and that's, that's the end of you. You know, out west, somebody can't behave. They go outside. They're just outside. Right outside. Like, right fogging up the windows. Right out there. You'd be like, oh, people don't know so much. I'm just going to walk out of this party and sleep underneath the manzanita tree. <laughs> So I, I moved to New England from the deep south. Um, south, it's, it's been in the news lately for rising again. And, you know, we had a lot of problems out there growing up. I mean, I'll get into it. You know, crystal meth, it, it ravages communities. And people are always so down on meth heads. But, you know, there's some upsides. There's some upsides. For one thing, meth heads, man, they'll make you super nostalgic for crackheads. <laughs> And how, and how they just want more crack and you can predict all their actions based on that. The thing with meth is, oh man, it makes you super crazy. It costs almost nothing. Like you can do three days a week at Burger King and pay for your meth habit. So what you have, what you have is a lot of crazy people walking around very quickly, obviously. A lot of time on their hands to work on their bespoke insanities. It'll be stories like, oh... My, my neighbor's stealing my spark plugs, but you know, it's so we can build a time machine so we can go back in time and break Avril Lavigne's nose and somehow that's gonna end the designated hitter rule. So, you know, it's for a good cause. I'm not mad. Or like, you'll be in an alley and some dude will come up and you think he's gonna rob you or whatever, but he just wants you to sign a contract he made about not taking your shoelaces for granted. So, that's fine. That's fun. Uh, I had two kids recently. Or so they tell me. Uh, I know that shit's been hard because I didn't even have that thing in high school where they give you like a fake baby that you can take care of. Did that happen at anybody's high school? Yeah. In real life? Did, what, what kind of baby was it? it was a bag, bag of flour. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought because they had, I thought it was going to be an egg like in Saved by the Bell because now they have a, mechan a sack of flour. That's not realistic at all. You can't. You can take a baby to a fish fry. Like, sack of flour. Watch out. Man, weird. No, I mean, the whole point of that assignment is they wanted you to fail, right? They want you to have the baby, and you see how much it sucks to be a teen mom, and then you don't want to be a teen mom. But then, like, if you do pass the assignment, are you good to go? Are you good to be one now? Like, like when Mothers Against Drunk Driving comes to your school fair, and they have those goggles you put on that makes you drunk? And then you drive with them, but then if you do a good job driving, they give you a laminated card that says you're allowed to drive drunk now. Because you did it. Or like when the D.A.R.E. officer comes to your school and he's got all those little 
samples of drugs in a plastic case, and then he lets you do some of the blow, and you're you're so good at doing it. You're so good at doing. It. You do, you say all the stuff that people in cocaine are supposed to say to each other, like like. Oh, your idea for a restaurant sounds incredible. I just I think it's important to be honest with children about where restaurants come from. I think you gotta sit them down on the edge of the bed and look right in their eyes and just say, when two men named Philip and Dana love themselves very, very much, they have a restaurant concept together. And that's where they come from. People these days, a lot of people these days, they want comedians to be like more than comedians. They want to be like, you know, preachers or motivational speakers. They want to have to, you know, ask the important questions in life. So I'll, I'll try. Can anybody name all the members of Limp Biscuit? Any of them? You guys, you guys know at least one, right? Right. It would be Fred, it would be Fred Durst. And then some people, I guess, some people also know about the spooky, ba uh, the, the spooky bass player. Yeah. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, did you know that wasn't a puppet? That was a real dude. Just wearing contacts. But, yeah, Fred Durst is the only one anybody ever knew. And that would be really good to be Fred Durst in the 90s, because it's like, you know, you're getting the good restaurant tables, you're getting all the barred-out groupies. Um, you would want to be him, not the drummer, because it's like nobody knows who the drummer is. But then if you go fast-forward to today... You'd way rather be the drummer because you're getting those residual checks, but nobody knows you're in Limp Biscuit. <laughs> nobody but you. Not like Fred Durst, who has who has two hundred and ten million dollars. I looked that up. He's a rich man, but he can't enjoy it because uh, he's trapped inside the body of Fred Durst. <laughs> like even if you rent out the entire go kart pavilion, like there's still you know the two employees are still laughing because it's Fred Durst there. That's hilarious. He's, I'm, I'm just saying he lives in a prison made out of Fred Durst. <laughs> and so you can't even enjoy the riches. Now, wasn't it crazy how Linkin Park made all those songs about dudes having emotions, but they had to use super tough action verbs so they'd accept it? Like, dudes are always, and people in the songs, are like, they're crawling and falling and ripping and tearing. It's like, we get it. You're feeling stuff. You're feeling stuff. Okay, uh... Is, it's, I feel it's pretty boring when white people talk about their heritage, right? When someone's trapped you in a conversation, they're telling you about how there's Scotch-German-Irish on their mom's side, and they're Dutch-Irish-Scotch on their dad's side, and so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't think people, Caucasians, should get to have heritage like that. There's, there's usually, I mean, Irish is definitely going to be in there. The Irish are super proud of being Irish all the time. So many parades. But then I guess, you know, there was how they used to be, like, slaves, and people considered them, like, less than human, like, not even white, like a subspecies of human. We should get back to that. We should bring that. Was, that was tight, in my opinion. Ugh. Knock him down a, a bit. Aww. Aww. I know. You were slaves. Um... Man, so people here listen to NPR, but I bet you've heard stuff about, like, the call of the abyss. Anybody ever heard of, of that phrase before? It's the name for that feeling that you get when you're on, like, top of, like, like when you're on top of a building and you think about, 
think about falling off, when you think about the worst possible thing that could happen, if you're driving and you think about jerking the wheel, not that you're going to do it. You're not suicidal. You're just thinking about, you know, what would happen if I went down that route. I've, I've been having a lot of conversational call of the abyss lately when I'm talking to folks. I just, it's, it's fucking with my enjoyment of life. Okay, the, 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 the real example, like the real life example of this was I was hanging out with my friends the other day and uh, there was a story on the news about some Scientologists in Turkey that were handing out pamphlets and uh, they were charged with this, with this old school crime of there called like inciting fear, inciting fear on the street. And since it was a story about Scientology, of course, they have a picture of Tom Cruise up there, just like a random red, pic uh, red, uh, red carpet picture of Tom Cruise doing that toothy Tom Cruise grin he does where he's like, like that one. And I stood up and went over the TV and like pointed at his, his fucked up big front teeth and I was like, hey guys, more like incising fear, am I right? <laughs> Which caused a mild titter. It's not a good joke. It caused a mild titter of laughter, but I couldn't even enjoy that little tiny moment of pleasure bringing other people laughter because immediately I was thinking, man, you know what would make things really upsetting and awkward if you just said that again. If you just said the punchline again. More like incising fear, am I right? For a second time. But then that would probably, it'd probably work out because people would think you were just excited about your joke landing and were like saying it one more time. They'd give you a little, a little credit. But then man, if you said it a third time, <laughs> you're like, hey guys, more like incising fear, am I right? Ha ha ha. More like incising fear, am I right? More like incising fear. Am I right? That third time, like, people are going to frown a little bit and furrow their brows, and they're probably not going to say anything. They might shoot each other a glance. But then what if you said it a fourth time? What if you said it four times? Oh, fuck. Now this is like the worst part of everyone's day. They feel so uncomfortable. They're fucking hating it. They're hating it. Oh, geez. They're like looking around. Man, and then you get into like five, six, seven. People are looking at the table. They might try to physically leave the room. There's like more like incising fear, right? More like incising fear. And then you go into like eight, nine, ten times. They have to look at you because what if you stab them? They don't want to get stabbed. Oh. And then it's like, how many times can you say the same thing in a row before they like? Call somebody before, like, they get a straight jacket for you and put it on you, or like, just get on the phone about it. I mean, I, not out here though. Fuck, not right here. You could say something five hundred thousand times, and you just be like, "Oh, that's more like incising fear, Mars." He he's like that. We love him. He's great. Uh, okay, so here's here's a here's a thing that's hard to do in audiences of normal people that would be easier out here. Like, stuff about traveling, it's hard to explain the lifestyle to people. It's hard to explain a lifestyle where it's like, I would spend a lot of time doing stuff in front of signs that were telling me exactly not to do that. Like, the sign says no soliciting, but I'm hardcore soliciting all day, getting, getting that cash. Or a sign that says, you know, dogs must be leashed, and my dog's never on a leash. I would never. Come on, forget about it. Uh, and then, you know, eventually a security guard will come up to you, and they'll, like, jerk their thumb back at the sign you know, tell you got to get out of here. Sometimes, sometimes they would point to the sign and be like, hey, can't you read? And when I had that opportunity, I would always say, no, 
<laughs> and that would usually they just give me a weird look, but then sometimes, oh my god, sometimes they would be like, why? <laughs> and then, then you got a real sandbox to play in. That's so good. You can say, you know, I'm always gonna say something. I'm always gonna say something real, like something that's going on in someone's real life, like, oh, I was actually, like, in a cult until I ran away at age 21, and they never taught us how to read, and we didn't really go much past the third grade or whatever, and can you help me get my documents, like a social security card? <laughs> like, ask them, you know, or, like, some frozen airplane waste. It fell out and it hit me on the head, Never since then, I can't read. And... And the hope is that he like goes home to his family that night and he tells them of this fantastical tale of this of this person that he met and their story and then they all think about people whose lives are different from theirs and might not have the same opportunities and they they you know have a better understanding, more empathy. Or there's also the possibility that he says to me, Hey, my sister's the only person who's been hit by frozen airplane poop in this hemisphere since nineteen seventy four. And then now I learned something. I'm the one that learned the lesson. And I'd like that too. Man, being out being out there sometimes, you know, you you're you're out there for years and stuff. Sometimes the compass gets a little spun. You you start wondering if you're doing the right thing. I would. I mean, I was having a great time out there, but just driving all over America, I'd wonder myself, is it right to be doing this? Should I be out here doing all these drugs, having depraved sex with strangers? Um, is it the best use of my talents and time, limited though they may be? And when I was having one of these moments of, you know, sort of like existential crisis, um, I'm so glad that I got behind an edible arrangements truck because once I saw that truck and that papyrus font, uh, <clears throat> I knew that, like, I just remembered edible, arraignment, uh, ed edible arrangements and what it is <laughs> that there's, like, a whole building where, where people have to show up to so they can cut up pineapples and put wooden dowels in them and that they're using fossil fuels to, like, haul it all over America to, like, I guess people that work at the bank. I don't know. <laughs> Who orders edible arrangements? But, like, it's an entire company that people work for and you know, kind of harming the environment with their activities, and it's, I'm fine, you know? If that's going on, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm not, I'm not the person that stuck a wooden dowel in a cookie and uh, took that to the bank to get a loan about it. Everything I do is fine. So, you guys, speaking of not being able to read, you guys, you've probably heard of dyslexia before, right? Yeah. They... They told me when I was little I had an opposite condition called hyperlexia. And I don't know how true that is, but I could definitely read before I could talk or before I was, you know, like three. And and uh, can still read pretty fast. And uh, growing up, you'd, you'd think that would be a, you know, a boon that would get you ahead in life. But also, it didn't really come with, like, a expanded, you know, maturity or consciousness or intellectual ability. I could just read the words really fast. My parents wouldn't take me to the library. They would just take me to, like, the grocery store where they would buy me every Stephen King book uh, in print. And, man, when, when I was six, I read Cujo because it had a doggy on the cover. <laughs> and you guys, in the book Cujo, a guy breaks into his girlfriend's apartment, smashes every single thing that she owns, ejaculates on her bedspread, and then leaves. And at the time, that was distressing to me because, 
you know, I mean, first of all, I didn't want all my unicorn figurines smashed, but also the semen part. That was that was hard for me to deal with because like I knew Salem's Lot wasn't real and that like uh, you know Pet Cemetery was a made up story, but I I was already pretty aware that semen was hella real, like as a concept and around me all the time, and and I just I just didn't know. Is that, is that how adults treated each other? Is this what dating was going to be like? Is this what I have to get ready for? But it didn't even matter because, like, now, if I came home now and found a puddle of semen on my bedspread, y'all, I'm not even washing that for, like, four days. I'm just kicking it to the bottom of the bed. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, so, man, child actors. Why are, why are we still why are we still having them? Like I'm not the best parent, but I know more than to ever let that happen to my kid. What a bizarre ass life! It's the only profession too that we allow kids to do if they want to. It's not like anyone's like, oh, our son, Mar you know, Mur Murphy just loves oil fracking, so so we did quit our jobs and moved to North Dakota just to just to give him a push. See if it works out for him. As long as he's enjoying it, though. No one, even if you're like, even if your first grader is a math whiz, no one's like, oh, you should pull him out of elementary school and make him a CPA. That that'd be good for him. And honestly, oil fracking probably be safer for kids as a profession because like, acting's the only profession that requires you on a daily basis to put your kids in the car and drive them on purpose to a building that's full of like, you know, pedophiles sycophants and like people that whiten their dog's teeth and just the absolute scum of the earth people that that are probably gonna fuck up your kids mentally and probably just plain fuck them and i've heard that's bad for their development it's not good for them man i can't even enjoy watching a movie that has a bunch of kids in it like stranger things or something i feel like i'm watching a snuff film of their childhood i feel like i'm watching a movie uh, you know, where the dog dies, but from back before it was illegal to kill animals on screen. Which was 1939. You guys know that before 1939, those horses are not okay. They didn't make it. It wasn't, it wasn't good for them. Man. And then sometimes people try to tell me, oh, some of the child actors turn out all right. What about Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster's okay. But you guys know, Jodie Foster's like best friends with Mel Gibson. So is she okay? <laughs> is she okay? Uh, I got more, but I think I think I'm just gonna stop now. Why? No more. Aww. Why? Okay. Um, <laughs> what did I have? What did I have written on the sheet of paper? Uh, Poker stories is one of. Poker stories. Testosterone. Testosterone starts off with talking about NPR and like. Um, I'm not sure. That might be like a little specialized. I don't know. It's just I. It's a little cute for me lately. You guys listen to NPR often? Sometimes. I don't know. Like Stevensky pretending not to know how to pronounce like rap, you know, words and rap lyrics on the bumper stuff, and like, oh man, Radio Lab, fucking Radio Lab. It's like if you're telling a story that takes place in England, you don't have to play Hail Britannia for me to like hold that idea in my head. It's fucking babyish. Um, but anyway. So I was listening to it one day because there's nothing else in the car. They were doing a story about testosterone, like people that had too much of it or too little of it, people that had like transitioned their gender or whatever and what that was like. And um, they were going down a list of like, uh, 
of like fact uh, attributes of people that had like a lot of testosterone in their body. And I was hearing it, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I identify with some of that. It was stuff like square palms and like a deep voice. And a, one of them literally, this is literally one of them, a wolfish grin. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, another one of them was if you were in high school, voted most likely to Sarah Connor. Which I was. No, that wasn't really one. That wasn't really one. Uh, but the last one uh, they told you about, which is completely real, was that levels of testosterone rise when you are uh, both working out, like in the middle of a really hard workout, or watching violence, even recorded violence, like people fighting. And when I heard that, I knew it was time to take my workouts to the next level by watching videos of people beating the shit out of each other first. Yeah. And you guys, it is it works so well. Oh my god. I would you go to, go to any kind of fight porn site. It, you know, when you're like watching a video of a fight at 2 a.m. and you get embarrassingly hype about it, like you're yeah, like UFC. Yeah. Sure, that too. But I mean, no, I want them to like mean it. I want someone to have snatched somebody's something and then now like an unholy fury is coming down. On the, I watched them all. High school fight videos. Like, I didn't get into the Appalachian free school MMA backyard scene. But that exists. That exists and it's out there. And uh, I'm so grateful. But then it got me in trouble because uh, back when I was living in my car, I would work out sometimes by sneaking into the fitness room of like a Ramada Inn or something. Uh, you would just like fish a Starbucks cup out of the garbage, have sweatpants on and a messy bun. And then now, you know, bust out a workout real quick before I go fly a sign. And I'm in, I'm in the Ramada one time waiting for somebody with a card to come swipe it through so he can get into the little tiny room with the foggy mirrors and the like one Nordic track. And I'm listening to, I'm, I'm watching the fights on my cell phone with headphones. And then eventually this like elderly dude in basketball shorts uh, comes to use the gym, which is great for me. He stands up, he swipes the card, and as he goes in, I duck in behind him really quick. And as I do, the door slams shut and catches my headphones and pulls them out of the phone. And then now all of a sudden, we're like in this tiny room together, and there's just the sounds of like, get him, Jeremy, get him, Jeremy. Fuck him up, fuck him up. And he was like looking at me, kind of confused. I was just like, this is what music sounds like now. <laughs> this is what the kids listen to. <laughs> um, okay. I don't want to talk about the Myers-Briggs personality index. I don't want to talk about pedophiles. Um, I invented some new dog breeds, I guess. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, it just sucks that we have all these dogs that, that are trained to do hyper-specialized tasks. We took all their dogs away. I mean, we took all their uh, jobs away in the span of, like, 50 years. I just don't think it's fair. They're, like, quivering with excitement to do the thing they were trained to do. And we don't let them do it. We got to start over. We got to start from scratch. Dogs for modern people to solve modern problems. You know, like a, a dog, like a retriever. But they only retrieve cash and jewels. And also, they can break into people's houses. That's a dog that I could use. Um, you know, dogs that are good for selfies, really glossy, stand in front of you, reflect the light. Um, dogs that, like, secrete antibiotics from their eyes, but every day they change a little bit to keep up with today's fast-paced MRSA outbreaks. You know, like a, a dog that 
if people call themselves their dog's mom, maybe you hit 40 and the dog's face will change to look like your face. <laughs> so then you don't feel so bad about not completing the biological imperative. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm in public with my dog, she'll be asleep and she'll be twitching like dogs do when they dream and, you know, making little noises and shit. And people are always like, oh, she must be chasing rabbits. Or, you know, stuff that dogs do during the day. But sometimes the dog tries to hump me, so it's like, you gotta figure some of those dreams. <laughs> some of those dreams, you're not stopping them. Like, you're into it. <laughs> Hmm. Of all the things that COVID took away from us in Burlington, Vermont, near where I live, the one thing I can't believe it didn't take away was the axe throwing bar. <laughs> Somehow there's still a bar, it survived the pandemic, where you can go throw axes at the wall and it makes me so goddamn mad. Oh man, I know I shouldn't get that worked up over it. It's just, oh. <clears throat> because they're not chopping wood in there. It's not surrounded by, like, you're supposed to chop like, you know, 10,000 cords of wood first. They're, they're trafficking in working class signifiers. I don't love that. Plus the fact that you just know that if it came down to the cut, they're not, it, they're not even helping people do it. They're not even gonna be able to do it. Like, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere chopping wood for the apocalypse. They're in there twirling them around like majorettes. And, <laughs> If, in fact, the apocalypse did happen and there was, like, you know, a horde of people from Brooklyn cresting the hill coming to take over my house in Vermont and you needed somebody, you needed one of these Burlingtonians to sink the tip of that axe into the forehead of one of these fucks, they're, they're going to be like, oh, it's not a regulation axe. It needs to be tuned. Uh, so I guess I might as well... Sure, I'll I'll do the the hooker story last because I got to get back to those to the kids. They'll probably need me. But uh, <clears throat> go way out there. So uh, before, uh, yeah, before this life, I used to have like a whole a whole different one where I had like long hair and uh, long nails and high heels and, oh, for the purposes of this story, I guess it is important, not just a, a brag, to say like, I used to be super hot. Before I lost like most of my teeth, which causes your face to sink in, I was I was pretty attractive. Like people used to say Angelina Jolie, but that's not true, That's that was way too hot, but absolutely Jessica Alba hot. That's an objective fact. I was absolutely as hot as like Jessica Alba. So anyway, um, I, also I'm tired of standing up now, so I had parlayed this into like a fairly, I went from Craigslist hooker to like tech bro hooker, which was, you know, fairly, a fairly lucrative enterprise, and, um, huh? Like, uh, you know, like a, I, uh, I would say mostly tech bros is, is who I was working for, and so for the setting of this story is, I was in the car with one of these dudes one day, and... He was going off about my mom's declawed cat. I mean, you know, like, I've been seeing the dude a little bit, and he just hated that my mom's cat uh, had been declawed. I don't, I don't, I know we're not supposed to like it. I don't have that much of a problem with it. I mean, it was still could climb trees. The cat seemed happy enough. Otherwise, it was going to go to an animal shelter in Memphis, Tennessee, which would have been death. So it's like declawing or death, whichever one you think is better. But he was, he was all up in arms about it. He was like, Oh man, don't you know it's just like cutting your knuckle off your your finger off at the first knuckle. That's that's their fingers in there. 
And I was like, well, honestly, I think cats would be able to make that decision. I think if you offered a cat free room, board, medical care, and food for the rest of their natural life, they'd probably lose the first knuckle voluntarily. Uh, I know I would. If somebody was offering me <coughs> free room, you know, food, medical care for the rest of my life, you can have the first one, you know, little bone pieces. And he said, do you want to put your money where your mouth is? And I said, what? And he said that there was places on the internet, not the World Wide Web, but the internet, where he could put an ad like that, and maybe somebody would take me up on it and, uh, you know, decide to provide those things in exchange for, you know, safely uh, in a medical setting, cutting the tips of my finger off. And I didn't have to think long about it before I said yes, because, come on, <laughs> the first knuckles in your finger? What the fuck? You can still dial a phone, pull a grenade, masturbate, Vulcan salute. What else is there? Those four things? Come on, you're good. That's good. That's all you need to do. And so he put the ad on the internet, and uh, surprisingly quickly it got answered. If you had to guess a part of the world from which someone who would take me up on that offer would originate, what do you think? New Jersey. China? Uh, <laughs> no, not, nobody there Some could afford it. Some of the answers, so I don't sound ignorant. <laughs> what you would now call the UAE. They're definitely they definitely grow some weird ones. United Arab Emirates. Yeah, in that in that part of the world. Um Did they want your knuckles? Yeah, they actually wanted a whole lifestyle thing. Like that was get, that was getting worked out, you know, am I going to like live at the house? Do I wear a collar? It was finally decided it was gonna be just like, you know, I had my own oh, separate oh, you domicile. To you like a cat. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's, that's... Yeah, I don't declaw cats. <laughs> That's not apparently that a lot of people me. don't. I mean, my mom did. I don't judge other people. This is the comedy. Uh, anywho, it's a conversation too. It's a right because I'm sitting down. Puck, haha. That's why they make them stand up. Now I get it, or else you're just talking, or you're just talking. Oh, gosh, tradition, tradition. Don't fuck with it. Well, United Arab Emirates have a lot of money, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, some uh, some free stuff going on. But luckily, before before that uh, happened, uh, some other shit went down, and uh, I basically ended up hitting the road because I was being, you know, pretty heavily surveilled by these dudes. But it was kind of a shame because I had already practiced, you know, doing a bunch of stuff that was going to be needed in my new cat lifestyle, like jumping up on the mantle and knocking a bunch of shit off. 